This podcast is not safe for work and will feature movie spoilers. It will feature scenes described of a graphic nature. It will contain language which most listeners may find offensive. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. This is your Sunday Arrow Video Assortment series of reviews. I'm your host, Duncan McLeish. Welcome to the show. On this episode number nine of this series, we're looking at a little spaghetti western, a little bit of Day of Anger. So that will be the review coming up after the first break. Now, Let's just get into this. There's tons of things happening. It's all exciting. It's all good. And hopefully you are subscribed to that second feed so you are partaking in it. That's right. Teapots Collective went live just over a week ago and we've already put up the entire back catalogue of the Doing the Nasty podcast. It was the first season recorded back in 2015, covered all 72 movies in the Tier 1 and Tier 2 video nasty list. But, ladies and gents, we are returning with that for a season two, looking at tier three. 82 movies on that list for doing the nasty season two. I have a brand new guest host joining me. It'll be Mark Ball, and that first episode will be coming this Friday. The only way to hear that show is to subscribe to the brand new feed, the sister feed, the second feed of podcasts under the stairs. It is simply Teapots Collective. So yeah, type it into your iTunes, your Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, etc, etc, etc. It should pop up. Teapots Collective. Could not be any easier. So make sure you subscribe to that. Talking about the stuff that is coming on that channel, we've already put out two brand new episodes of brand new shows. Well, returns of brand new shows. So, we have a new episode of Opera Omnia. It is my director kind of filmography podcast. I'm joined with uh, Watson, Mr. Watson that is, uh, for the entire first season looking at Ben Wheatley. So that first episode dropped two weeks ago. And then just Friday past there, we dropped the return episode for season three of Chronicle Podcast as well. So every Friday, you'll get a brand new episode on that second feed. So don't delay, subscribe today on Podcast Under the Stairs, though. Things are always just trundling along at a nice, steady three episodes a week. Remember when that seemed like a lot? Um, on Monday, we put out Andy Loves Art House looking at Bliss. On Thursday, we did a very special kind of look forward to what is coming out in 2020. Obviously, today is your episode covering the Arrow video assortment, and tomorrow we're doing something special for January, a little January-themed episode to pick you all up, shake the ring rust off, and pursue the amazing year of reviewing content ahead. So yeah, that is coming your way. Last reminder, Movie Club. You need to get your reviews in for this coming Wednesday on the Quatermass Experiment. If you don't put them in, then that series kind of dies. At the moment, I have received two reviews, which seems pretty fucking bad. So yeah, get the finger out, guys. Wednesday, get those reviews in. That episode will be dropping on Thursday. And that is you. I think that's us all caught up. Let's take a break. 
and you're going to hear promos for shows that I love. You're going to hear the trailer for our movie review, our feature movie review of episode number nine of the Arrow Video Assortment is looking at Day of Anger, coming right up, right after this. This is a test of the emergency podcasting system. Listen to the Psychosemantic Podcast. Politics, movies, and political movies. Find us on Facebook, iTunes, Stitcher, LegionPodcasts.com, the Psychosemantic Podcast. back so you've just heard the trailer for this feature movie review episode number nine of the arrow video assortment a series looking at my collection from arrow films arrow video all the other arrow things which i put in a random generator and it picks out a title for us to review once every three weeks on the docket this week is day of anger Let's get into this one. According to the Arrow website, it says, When Sergio Leone turned Lee Van Cleef into a major star with a few dollars more and the good, the bad and the ugly, 
the actor sensibly stayed in Italy to make several more spaghetti westerns, including this one from Leone's former assistant, Totino Varilli, and genre aficionados rank among the best ever made. Goino Gemma plays a street cleaner by the name of Scott Mary, relentlessly bullied by the people of a small town of Clifton. When legendary ruthless master gunfighter Frank Talby, played by Lee Van Cleef, rides into town, Scott seizes the opportunity to lift himself out of the gutter and possibly even surpass Talby's own skills. But what is Talby doing in Clifton in the first place? This lively, intelligent western, notable for its chemistry between its charismatic leads, some memorable action set places including a rifle duel on horseback that has to be seen to be relieved and a jazzy Ritz Ortolone score is presented here in exclusive high definition restoration high definition restoration from the original technoscope negatives. The details for the disc for this one production year 1967 region is locked to the UK so it's region B has a 12 year rating Runtime, depending on what version you watch, although to be honest there isn't that much of a difference between the versions, is approximately about an hour and a half. Uh, you also have here that the languages are both English and Italian. On the version that I have you get three cuts of this movie, so you can either watch the original Italian version or the Italian version with English, uh, kind of dubbed over the top, or the English kind of cut so to speak. Um, you have subtitles in English SDH, audio is 2.0 PCM, aspect ratio 235.1 and the colour is full colour ladies and gents, full colour, drink it in, drink in that colour. In terms of the cast, uh, director Tonino Varelli, cast is Guilino Gemma, Lee Van Cleef and Walter Rilla. And the extras on the disc, not a ton of stuff on this one, but you do get quite a few cuts of it, so I suppose we need to chop that one up. You got a brand new restoration from the original 35mm technoscopic camera negative. There's a high definition Blu-ray 1080p with the standard definition DVD presentation of both versions of the film, the original Italian theatrical release and the shortened version that was screened internationally. An original uncompressed mono audio with English or Italian soundtracks on the longer cut and English soundtrack on the shorter one. Newly translated English subtitles for Italian audio and optional English subtitles for the deaf or hard of hearing for English audio. A brand new interview with screenwriter Ernesto, Gar Ernesto Gastaldi. Brand new interview with Torino Varilli's biographer Roberto Curti. Uh, previously unreleased 2008 interview with Torino Varilli. Deleted scenes, theatrical trailers and a reversible sleeve featuring newly commissioned artwork by Reinhard Kleist. So, uh, this was a first time watch for me. I'm going to say that since doing this particular run and the Italian collection, what I found is that a subgenre that I, for the most part, wasn't all that interested in, which was the Spaghetti Westerns, it was kind of the weak point in my love of Italian cinema. I, I saw a few in my youth and to be honest, none of them really grabbed me by the attention. So I've, I've kind of dismissed them. Uh, out with like your standard kind of classic Eastwood ones uh, with Leone in the background. You know, I've never really delved in, but in the last year I've really been kind of treated. Uh, movies like The Mercenary, for example, and then specifically looking at something like uh, Day of Anger has kind of weirdly brought an interest in a subgenre which I, I I would have put I would have said hand on heart I had no interest in before now kind of at the forefront 
The question is, I think, is it just spaghetti westerns or is it westerns in general? American western movies don't really do much for me. I have tried several times. By God, have I tried. I kind of feel like there are movies in there that I should just kind of universally love. But I think the Italian stuff, as always, just puts a weird kind of twist on it in a way which kind of makes me enjoy it. And Day of Anger is like the prime example of this one. I kind of almost a, a perverse inverse of what would be the standard story here with, um, with someone in the town being bullied by the town as opposed to having to stand up for the town, if you know what I mean. Um, the casting is genius here. It's great seeing uh, Lee Van Cleef who looks like he's having a ball. Specifically at this time period he is. He's getting paid relatively well. He's doing tons of movies and getting, you know, a lot of recognition in the kind of twilight of his career as well, which I think some people forget. Like, in this time period, you went to Italy. In fact, if you've seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, you'll you know the scene that we're talking about, specifically where DiCaprio has to go to Italy and makes like a couple of movies and then returns back at the right time when his, his kind of stock is going back up. But that's what happened. You would create a name for yourself in Hollywood when the the scripts didn't come in as frequently as he used to. You would go across, would buy some Italian money. You'd make about four of these movies a year. Um, you get paid very well. You'd probably get very fat and very drunk off the amazing food and wine. And you get a healthy paycheck and your cred would start to spring back up in America and you would go back and just slip back in there and that's you fine. So you can kind of see that here, specifically with Lee Van Cleef, who is, you know, making making bank, so to speak, in the later part of his career. Day of Anger, though, for the most part, out with its story, which we will get to in a little bit. I don't want to spoil too much about this one, actually, because I quite enjoyed the, like I said, the kind of inversion of certain things that they do in it, which are almost against the grain. Now I'm saying that as a novice here, so this might be a common thread in Spaghetti Westerns, but certainly it's the first time I've seen a, a Spaghetti Western do this sort of, um, you know, is this guy the villain? Why is he here? Why are we turning against the tin sort of attitude? So it may have been more popular in a trend, I don't know. But let's let's take a bit of time to talk about the, the players in the background of this movie. Because this is where it gets really interesting, because as that synopsis kind of stated here, uh, Tonini Varilli kind of worked under Sergio Leone, specifically on A Fistful of Dollars. So, you know what I mean, he is... Very much like how Argento sat at the, the foot of Bava, sat at the foot of the master, and then went off and did his own thing. You kind of have that here as well. You have a, a guy working as an assistant director beside a guy who would maybe make some of the best Western movies ever known to man. And as a result, kind of goes off and, and does his own thing. When it comes to his own thing that he's doing, this I think is his second, from, from what I heard, his second of his um, uh, spaghetti westerns, of which he made a few, but you can already tell there's a, a like a really proficient hand here in storytelling. Now, for this, I watched both cuts. To be honest with you, I am indifferent as to which cut is better. Um, I watched the Italian cut with Italian language, and then I watched the English theatrical cut with English language, and... Yeah, I, I wouldn't say that either plays better or worse. I think it comes down to personal judgment whether or not you like reading subtitles or whether or not you just like dubbed movies. 
and you make the decision on that one for sure. Um, but yeah, I thought in terms of the direction and storytelling, it was great. And when we're talking about the storytelling, a lot of that has to come down to a guy who was his school friend who would go on and do his screenwriting, a guy who is all over the place when it comes to the Italian movies I've spoken about. It's Ernesto Gastaldi, who really has... I mean, if you ever want to just sit there and go, Dear God, what a life. Check out Ernesto Gastaldi on IMDb or Wikipedia and look at his writing credits. His writing credits are just every amazing Italian movie, whether it's Spaghetti Western, Police Procedural, Giallo, or straight-up horror. This guy was involved with a lot, and uh, the writing in this one's quite clever. I love the dialogue, and actually the the kind of combination of the Scott Mary character and the Talby character, just the way they interact, even from their first meeting, where Talby starts to see something in this young guy, uh, whether it's for nefarious purposes or not, that's that's left to, to the storytelling later on, but mm. what you get here is just... A great camaraderie, and most of it's coming from the dialogue. Yeah, you've got two great actors bouncing off each other, but the dialogue is nice, crisp, concise, and not cheesy, which is a, which is no mean feat at this time um, in in cinema, specifically in this genre. It can be well, you know, you know that sort of almost kind of John Wayne esque rip off cheese. You don't get that here. It's it's surprisingly fresh and and quick and and bouncy. It's a really bouncy quick story. The movie also has a wonderful cinematography here, like this is where movies like this shine is in their cinematography from Enzo Serafin who once again worked on quite a few different titles, he was a, a working man's cinematographer and was working pretty much up until the day he died if we're honest. And you, I mean, you're just getting, this is not amongst his most notable movies, but you just get this really nice steady hand here. Um, good use of the uh, the kind of the landscapes against the small town. And it, it's just wonderful to, to watch all in together. Day of Anger itself, I mentioned the story. I think what, what kind of won me over with this one is that I was just expecting kind of stories that I have seen before and I was kind of getting ready to see the you know the the same stuff that's maybe my issue with these whereas Jally will jump around and yeah it still does a killing and you have to track down the killer is you can get really inventive and really creative and sometimes just downright silly but at times I think westerns just play the formula to down the middle it's always really the same formula it's just a case of who we can get in as our actors to play our villains and our heroes and how that'll play out in the long run. The story's really quite cool here because what you're getting is, at first, uh, a glance of someone who is taking a, a kind of misfit under his wing and giving them the opportunity to teach him up, to give him the, the skills he'll require to become this amazing gunfighter. And Lee Van Cleef always has this... At the beginning, anyway, you kind of feel like he's doing something benevolently. But at the back of your head, it's Lee Van Cleef. He usually plays villains in these movies. So you have that there as well. So it's great kind of against kind of typecast performance. But as the story comes along, you start to realise really, really quickly that Scott Mary is just essentially being used by Talby. And there will become a certain point after Talby takes out people who owe him money 
and imposes his kind of will on the town, makes the town a safer place, you could say, uh, but at the same time imposes it, that Scott Mary's abilities become a threat to Talby, and a showdown that is almost, like, it's almost mandatory in a movie like this, and the story moves towards that. I really like that as a... It's not the first time we've seen a, you know, you, you go against your master sort of thing. If anything, that's surprisingly Asian in its format. But what I like about it is that even towards the end, even at his most reprehensible, there's a party that still kind of feels for Tal because we've seen him being sympathetic to Scott's character, even though we can see that he's using them, we can see that things are heading a particular way, you can see he's the, the archetype villain in the background pulling the strings, you know, like Emperor Palpatine in the Star Wars movies, everything is coming to his predictions, I'll get this guy, I'll train him up, he has potential, he's going to help me hunt down my enemies, we're going to get the money, we're going to take it the riffraff of the town, I am going to take over this town and he will be my... He will be my right-hand gunslinger as long as I can keep him in control. As long as that threat of if he ever turns against me, I'll take him out is there. And then when the student's power surpass the master's, the threat is in there. It's just a really cool dynamic. Now, in the background of all this movie, you have got an incredible score from Ritz Ortolone as well, which, to be honest with you, I, like, as soon as this finished, I was like, I need to find this. I'm not sure if it is on you know, Apple Music, but if it is, I will have it and I will be listening to it. I just feel a little bit gutted that I'd finished playing Red Dead Redemption 2 because I had this nice little catalogue of spaghetti western soundtracks that I would play in the background while trawling through the Wild West in that game. But it's, you know, the score is excellent. It's also slightly different from what you're hearing. It's less traditional from something like an Ennio Morricone score, but it's certainly, it's fitting of the movie and the movie's quirks. So overall, as a full package, you get a great story. Um, you get, I mean, it does meander a little bit, but I think all spaghetti westerns do, if I'm honest. But you get a great story, some great casting, um, wonderful jewels. The horse riding rifle scene that they're talking about is maybe they're selling it a bit too hard. It is fun and quirky and it, it, the choreography is incredible, but I mean, it's not like the show stealer here. The show stealer is the acting. The acting and performances are wonderful. Cinematography is great, story is great. It's just a really well crafted, well rounded spaghetti western movie. One that had it not been in this collection, had I not bought it and had I not selected Randomizer. Um, I've probably never watched it. It would lay there in its shrink wrap for many years to come. It's a high recommend for me. I give this one four out of five stars. It's worth saying as well that Arrow Disc is magnifique. The the print that they've got is absolutely incredible, clean. The movie does not look its age at all. It does not look like this movie is you know what pushing sixty years old. Um, doesn't at all. You. you Comfortably sit down and watch this with no with no hardships at all. It's, it's very easy on the eyes. So four out of five for this movie. I'm gonna take my final break. When I come back, I'm closing out the show and revealing what we'll be covering in three weeks' time. Right after this. You're listening to the podcast under the stairs. And you've been listening to that podcast under the stairs. Ladies and gents, this has been our Arrow video assortment, episode number nine, looking at a little day of anger from 1967. That's right, that was good. I enjoyed that. Really, really enjoyed that. I'm loving this collection because we get to bounce absolutely everywhere. And let's be honest, that's the fun of Arrow Video's full show. 
Coming up in three weeks' time, though, a movie I've not seen in fucking years, and I'm actually, I'm really giddy and excited for this one. We will be looking at Demons 2. That's right, Demons 2. The description from Arrow Video is Panic on the Streets. The Demons are back. The Demons are back, unleashed through the TV and bringing hell direct to your living room. Out of the dark, forbidden zone, the world's ugliest zombies are causing carnage in an apartment block, eating the residents and spreading their deadly plague. Watch as a teenage birthday girl ruins the party by eating her guests, see bodybuilders torn to shreds and tremble in terror as possessed children run amok. Will anyone survive or will the demons rise once more and destroy us all? Directed by Lamberto Bava, who did Macabre and Demons, and produced by Dario Argento of Sleepless and Infernal fame, this Italian splatter classic will leave you in fear of turning on your own television. So that is what we're going to be doing. Details for this one came out in 1986. Region code is region lot to be. Rating is 12A. Runtime is just under an hour and a half. Um, I'm taking this one from the Steelbook, although there are separate versions out there, so if you've got the separate version you get the two disc, if you've got the Steelbook like I have, you only get the one. Uh, The languages are both English and Italian, Uh, there is some English subtitles here, the aspect ratio is 166.1, cast and crew we're talking about, directed by Lamberto Bava, cast is David Edwin Knight, Nancy Brill and Coralina Cataldi Tassoni. I think that's how you pronounce that. Probably isn't, but who knows. Extras on the disc is a brand new restoration of the original camera negative by Synthetica de, de Bologna. Um, cannot speak today. High definition Blu-ray 1080p and standard definition DVD presentations. Optional English and Italian audio. Optional English subtitles and Italian audio for the English SDH subtitle and English audio. The audio recollections of director Lamberto Bava, mechanical creations and transformation artist Sergio Stilvetti and journalist Laurie Cursi. And we have Creating Creature Carnage, an extensive interview with makeup man Sergio Stilvetti. Bava to Bava, Luigi Cosi tracks the history of the Italian horror film from Riccardo Ferreira and Mario Bava to the end of the Golden Age with Michele Suave and Lamberto Bava, as well as considering recent Italian horror films, and Reversible Sleeve with original and newly commissioned artwork by Jeff Zornow. So there we go, three weeks time, Demons 2 coming to the podcast under the stairs, Arrow Video Assortment. There's a multitude of ways to listen to the show. Of course, check us out on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to the feed. Leave us a rating and a review. It's the best way to support us on that platform. You can also check us out on Stitcher, Smart Radio, SoundCloud, Google Play, TuneIn, and of course, Spotify. You can go to our website. It's tputzcast.com, which is now the website for the Teaputz Collective. So all the shows are available over there with the relevant links to take you to where they sit. Make sure you subscribe to that Teaputz Collective feed so you can get the multitude of shows that will be making their way every single Friday for the rest of this year. Brand new content coming out. And I have a couple of shows in the wings that will be making their way over the next three months. So get ready for even more content bringing up the rear to just build out this this incredible little network of family of little shows that we want to do, which will cover the, the birth of cinema and eventually into music, so I'm very excited. But you can do that at tputzcast.com. 
You can buy merch to support the show from tputscast.bigcartel.com and on Facebook if you want to join the podcast under the stairs. Facebook group page, it's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash tputscast. Um, if you want to check out the collective page, it's facebook.com forward slash tputscast. Interact with myself and the band through the twin prongs of social media sexiness. Instagram and Twitter both can be followed at tputscast. And check us out in the Flick Chat app. We're now using that for the Teaputs Collective. The join code is Teaputs. You can download Flick Chat for Android and iOS free, and then it's message boards that are available there to interact, depending on what shows or subsets of shows you want to take part in. The conversations are always really interesting over there, so do come across and join in. The podcast under the stairs will return tomorrow for you with the brand new little January episode. Last year we did John Carpenter January. Where are we going this year? Who knows? Well, I know. You don't. But you'll find out tomorrow. And as for the Teaputs Collective, we'll just put out Chronicle, brand new episode drop Friday. This coming Friday, doing the nasty season two returns as we look at Invasion of the Blood Farmers and the last horror film. Please join us and give us a big a big uh, warm hug for returning to the airways for that. But until then, wherever you are, what the time zone is and what you're up to in this big bad world of ours, please take care of yourselves out there. This is Duncan McLeish broadcasting live from under the stairs and I am signing off.